I'm Phil America, artist and activist, and this is Conversations with Creativity. We're releasing the podcast through Love Extremist Radio. Each episode, we're going to spend about an hour talking to a different creative as an exploration into different forms of creativity, talking to everyone from artists to actors, directors to designers. It's meant to be casual, almost as if you're sitting in the living room with us. I'm Phil America, and this is Conversations with Creativity. is Conversations with Creativity. This conversation is going to be a little different than the other conversations I've had thus far, where every other conversation has been with somebody who I've had a long-standing relationship with, who I've collaborated with, who has been an ally and a friend and an accomplice many, many times, and... Crash is someone who I've met very recently, but also um, someone who's really inspired me from a, from a distance through the time that I've known him. He's a recording artist, an entrepreneur, a political activist. He's from New York City, but he's based here in Los Angeles. And over the years, he's helped to pass legislation reforming criminal justice, racial inequality, LGBTQ plus rights, immigration, and many other things. And when he's not working on political organizing and social organizing, he's recording and performing music. So. He's even using his music as a form of political organizing activism and and uh, really has, has honed his voice in a way that I think people need to listen to even more than folks like myself. And even more so, he is someone who's really ready to hold himself as accountable as he expects other people to be held. And the thing that I absolutely love about him the most, I will say, like straight to the point, is that he's someone who calls people out by their name where, you know, I, I feel like we on the left, myself included, end up speaking in generalizations. And he's someone who will really, really point you out by your name and say, you are the oppressor and you are doing wrong. And here's how you can do better. And uh, again, and he'll back it up with education and he'll speak with a vernacular that I think uh, not a lot, of, a lot of us are used to hearing. It's not uh, something overly polished. It's not something you see on CNN. It's something that you know, the the language of, of my own friends. So with all of that said, I look forward to you here in this conversation. Yo. Hey man, you there? Yeah, what's good? Not much. How you living? <laughs> I'm chilling, man, chilling, you know. Just uh chilling back. Honestly, my dog got out, dude, like on oh, the shit. day before yesterday, dude. Yeah, it was super stressful. You know what I mean? And so it was Memorial Day. And uh yeah, I had to like, you know, go on a mission and like get her in Marina Del Rey today. It sucked, dude. <laughs> Holy shit. But you found yeah. her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, you know. <laughs> That's good at least. Glad to yeah. Hear. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a relief, you know. <laughs> Definitely. Feel like i feel like we wouldn't be talking now if you were looking for your dog so yeah no um, it was, i was like oh my god the timing <laughs> absolutely well let's get into it man i mean so kind of normally with everybody that i've talked to i really started from the beginning and so what was it that got you into making music um music was something that i really sickly got into mostly due to like other people's influences on me i'm not even gonna lie um it was like People were like, I, I wrote poetry as a kid, 
like I, I guess mm. I was good at that you know that was something I did and uh a lot of people just encouraged me because like I listened to punk as a kid I listened to a lot of rap like those things heavily influenced like my upbringing mostly rap and hip-hop but like punk as well and so uh yeah a lot of people just started telling me you should rap like you already kind of have like a rap name as your name and I'm like that doesn't really sound like me, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, growing up, it was like Eminem was the only white rapper that was allowed, like, to rap. Like, that was, like, an unwritten rule. You know, like, I didn't really think about it, you know? And so, yeah, like, uh, people just started telling me, like, oh, you need to start rapping. You need to start. And I'm like, okay. And so I did. And, like, that's really how I got into, like, d making music or being within the music industry. Like, so it's weird. Like, I didn't put myself into that as much as other people did and right they were right so i kind of just stuck around <laughs> like that was essentially how that happened it was you know high school like end of high school a lot of people were putting pressure on me to start making songs about the stuff that i was writing poetry about and like you know it kind of all stemmed from there well, what was the poetry about? Like, give me some of the subjects. Dude, my poetry was like really, really dark. It was like, 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 like it wasn't even like my, it wasn't at all like my music is, which is similar and dark. Like, but it was like, it was sometimes political. Like I was inspired by some political activism that had been, you know, written down in poetry form, but like, it really was more like Edgar Allan Poe, dude. Like, you know what I mean? Like I was like right. that kid, like at like, you know, 16 at like you know that's like an appropriate age like I was like eight you know writing stuff that was like probably as like morbid as like a tell the telltale heart or something like that you know like I'm just writing stuff down like that sounds like my worst ideas in my brain and so like yeah like that's where it would stem from so I'd get that mixed reaction from adults like like wow like this isn't okay and like the other like <laughs> you know and the other adults like this is revolutionary but like please please stay away from my child if possible you know like <laughs> <laughs> they're like this is great but yeah way yeah too ahead of your time. yeah yeah you know they were like okay like we didn't think we'd have a friend in our group uh like this until after college or something you know there's always that one guy but this is a little much you know like you're not <laughs> thank god you're not old enough to really be like on some bukowski shit you know and i'm like okay you know, <laughs> but what's crazy is like the transition from poetry to rap must have been very easy. Harder I mean, than, that's, I mean, yeah, it was, but it was harder than everybody says it is. Like, I've heard so many people mm. say like, oh, yeah, no, you know, it totally made sense for me. Like, I was like, mm, like, I, I was like, dude, I, I was writing, you know, like very stanza, like formatted poetry. And then like, I went into like music and like, dude, like. I, I like I, I'll tell you like I learned like how to write songs at a young age but like rhythm was something I developed over a period of time you know like I'm not right. even gonna front dude like like that was a thing I feel like so like from and that didn't really stem from a lack of rhythm as much as it stemmed from like me putting lyrics before the symmetry with the beat and everything like that so when I first started rapping I sounded really advanced lyrically but like I was kind of chasing my own beats like I I felt like you know there's always like you're doing one or of the two things and neither of them are wrong but like you're either attacking the beat and playing against it like you know you're swimming upstream against the beat which is cool 
or like the beats a background to what you're talking about. So to me, it was. Uh, it I mean, started it's very, out. It's very formulaic, right? And it's yeah, like it's, I mean, it's mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's not, it's not the same as poetry. But I just mean to say, like, had you have been a poet and then decided to be an architect, like, oh yeah, the no, shift is no. like seismic versus yeah. like if it's yeah. this, it's it's not, it's a shade off in some ways, you know? Right, right. That was that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. And it was like you know, with this, at least it was the same thing. I was still rhyming words, rhyming syllables, but like. It was it it was a different kind of structure. So at first it felt constricting. So I would have a lot of like adjectives. It was like normal stuff, you know, but it was like I'd have a lot of adjectives and like um just like random words that no one needed to hear, like the and like just random like interjections like that that I would use in mm -hmm. conversation. Like they would be all over songs and people would be like, dude, take a breath and like I'm like, yeah, you're right, you know, because I'm used to writing down like academia at the time for the most part. And it's like now all of a sudden everything has to sound cool, which like I kind of always felt like, you know, when I like talk, people were like, oh, that sounds cool. So like I was just like, whatever, this will work, you know, and it, it was cool. But like I'm happier with like what I'm doing now, even though I have to play around like the restrictions that are mathematical part of music, like you were saying it's more effective that way you know right was there poets at the time that you were like pulling influence from or was it more activists and rappers even when at, you were doing poetry yeah it was definitely activists and rappers i mean of course i pulled influence from edgar Allan poe like i would never compare myself to like edgar Allan poe and be like yeah like and like if nick cave is a poet for sure you know like i was definitely into like his weird dwellings in his mind that he likes to express and uh <laughs> and then like you know uh like obviously like i was listening to like a lot of tupac i was listening to a lot of immortal technique and like to me that was like to me like immortal technique was just like out there like trying to die you know like as a kid i was like whoa you know this guy doesn't give a fuck like he's just <laughs> like like he's he's at 9 11 on 9 11 you know he's at the he's at ground zero talking about building seven like that is deep like you know as we, like i was young like I, to date the most effective political activism i had done was like you know when during like the bob dole versus bill clinton thing and like i think 96 or whatever like i was like in first grade dude and like i got suspended from school because i told kids that like I had a vote, I had access to votes like at my house, that was a thing. And like, they believed me, you know? And I was like, if your parents vote for Bob Dole, we're gonna have real issues. And they were like, whoa, you know? So like, obviously they told their parents like, yo, Crash Barbosa said, uh, you know, he's gonna have issues with me if you guys vote for Bob Dole. So could that not be a thing? And they were like, did you just say something? Obviously someone called the principal and like, you know, no one was mad at me. But, like, they wanted to be, you know, it was like, they were like, you can't do that. And I didn't understand why at all at the time. So, yeah. <laughs> like, wild. So, I mean, it, it was obviously, I mean, all of your voices embedded in, in the music in terms of, like, the things that you stand for and the things that you believe in and things you don't stand for, more importantly, probably. But um, was, it, was it always that way? Was there always, like, a point of view in the things you were writing? yes definitely like there, even like when i was writing like what i liked to think of like as grotesque like horror movie like type of like poetry as a kid there was always like some strange like and that's kind of like what really got me into like political songwriting like which i never chose to really do it was more of a natural progression like from day one so it was like 
there was always undertones of like social commentary that like I might not have even detected I was like putting into my work at the time but like people would read it and they'd be like whoa that was a cool commentary you know I felt like Mary Mary Shelley like she wrote Frankenstein cool you know what I mean but like do I think she was like trying to make a metaphor for the industrial revolution like let's pump our brakes you know what I mean like like she was like 18 (laughs) years old like let's not go that far so like I kind of felt like that where I was like I mean I I I guess I meant to do that subconsciously they're like no you know you meant to do that I'm like sure you know what I mean like sure like I'm not gonna deny this but like fine like maybe I did maybe I didn't like I I didn't see it though that must have just been a part of like me even as a kid you know being everywhere and around like a lot of different groups of people and like it I've always been like that where like I don't judge people but like I I observe them like when they're around me at least you know so I'm just like looking around and noticing all these little different social norms that varied like less than you would think from social group to social group like and that like you know was not limited to any race or like class like you would like literally just see like the same exact kind of like either really good or really bad behavior like across lines of humanity that had like very little in common at all if anything at all like besides that we were all human beings like but so it's like that was really interesting to me as a kid was like you know having I had friends from everywhere me being originally from New York too you know people are from everywhere here and there so I had mm-hmm. a lot of friends that, you know, were just for, they were the first generation of people born in America and their families. So I really saw that, like, there were a lot of cultures and they were all very much the same in a lot of ways, you know? And, uh, mm-hmm. and so I think my social commentary really was based on what I was observing as a kid and still observing to this day, which is like a lot of injustice existed. A lot of people didn't care. That's what I had a really big problem with. And people cared way too much about money they didn't need. And that bothered me a lot. So like that, yeah. It's still that way, sadly. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, so I never really changed much, like, which is like, some people are like, that's a great thing. And some people are like, you really haven't changed since I met you. And we were like kids, like, and you're still doing this. And I'm like, yeah, like, I'm living my truth. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like I'm yeah. living my truth. I don't know how else to put that. It's like, I'm just... Like, I feel like all I do is say things that are facts. And people are like, "You whoa, like, you just said some... Cri-. And I'm like, did I? Like, I, I, I hope I didn't. Like, I, if I did, like, that's not... That should be something that everybody sees. You know, like, not everything right. I say is like that. But a lot of things, like, I'm sure it goes on with you, you know? And you're just like... Yeah, it, it's like, what? You know what I mean? You're like, I mean, what's, <laughs> what's weird is that people will always, like... I mean, I'm always hesitant to even use the word political... Like your music is political in most people's eyes, but only political because people have politicized these issues when it's like all you're doing is saying facts. Like it's not a political point of view to say L.A. is the biggest jailer on the planet. It's not a political view. No, that's not. That's a factual view. You know what I mean? It's like I'm not. It's not like it's not like I'm on a party line like you know saying this it's not like i'm standing behind speaker pelosi telling people to do something like or standing behind mcconnell doing the same thing or like even in the middle pretending i'm like some libertarian like party that like doesn't exist but could like with the right no like you know what i mean i'm not doing any of that i'm just like i'm a registered nonpartisan because like all i care about are facts you know like i'm not just i'm not part of one of these treasonous groups like the democrats or the republicans like what are we talking about here dude we're americans like 
but it's also you're not even just telling facts about things that everybody knows you're telling facts about a lot of things that people aren't talking about like i, I heard you say in an interview once that that uh you tell the stories the news won't uh, isn't going to tell you know yeah and that's something that's really really important i think like i've always used art kind of as a language to to call into question or talk about the things i want to talk about and i feel like this, that that's kind of where we intersect is you're really you're not just talking about the obvious stuff that you know pelosi or whoever's talking about you're talking about things that people aren't talking about as well yeah, well, that's because I'm not running for office. No, I'm kidding. But like, I mean, like, <laughs> I, I understand like what their point of view is. It's like they run on very short term, four year terms. Like, like if you're mm -hmm. going to talk about generational like problems in America, like how much are you going to clean up in four years? So these people run on a very vanilla platform, no matter who they are or what party they're from. Their platform is either vanilla as hell or it's extremist as hell. It's one of the two. But like, are they gonna do what they said to begin with? No. Like, <laughs> like that. That's why. Like, you know, I, that's how I feel about America. Is like in that song, "My Name Is Still Crash." Like, you know, I was writing that outside of like, you know, a court hearing, and like, I was just kind of like looking around, and I was like, "This is ridiculous." Like, all of a sudden, people are political. Like, and, like I'm hearing them in the same sentence say they had never voted before, and I'm just like kind of trying to digest all of this like and i've digested this about america a million times but i was like you know i was like you know nobody nobody get nobody even cares until it affects this shit and then they elect some shit until it affects this mm -hmm. shit and then they elect some shit nothing ever changes the elections won't address the shit because it's true you know they say all these things like but they're not doing any of it. It's like, if you're going to really invest into like public school infrastructure, like just do it, like use your campaign money, like put the first brick down on that building and like then talk about what you're going to do because you're already doing it. You don't really need to talk about it and you can get onto your like scandalous policy that CNN will cover or Fox will cover depending on who you are or like what your goals are. And it's just, no, you know what I mean? Like, like that's crazy to me. So people run on a really, 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 like, very short-sighted platform because they're forced to. Like, look what happened to Jimmy Carter when he tried to, you know, uh, preserve, like, America for eight years in war. Like, people didn't like it. Like, there were lines at the gas station. Like, they didn't care if the economy was falling apart. Like, they wanted, they were like, give me convenience or give me death. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was like, it's, we're seeing that right now. So it's kind of like, whoa, you know, like, I don't understand that. That's like when freedom becomes like almost abusive in a way. It's like. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think w what's impressive, though, is that you're you're calling these people out for this, like oftentimes by name. Yeah. Oh, usually literally. by name, usually by name. Like right. I'm not literally pointing the finger. <laughs> and so, I mean, it, it, it creates a clear target of like who to address at the end of the day, like, again, just kind of no matter where you stand, if you care about this issue, here's the motherfucker to go talk to. Right, right. And I, I try my best, you know, to direct it at the right people, because it's not always the person. It's usually the super PAC, whether that's a publicly funded or privately funded super PAC behind them. Yep. Super PAC. So when I see groups like Democracy Now appear out of nowhere for the progressive vote, like that doesn't make me comfortable. That shocks me even more, honestly, because they're scraping money from the middle class and lower class to finance like IRS investigations into like AOC. You know what I'm saying? Like that's crazy, bro. Like, 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 so like it's like so. Wait a minute. The Democrats want to rob poor Americans? That's really progressive. That's new. You know what I mean? Like they're gonna use super PACs that use poor people's money. Like that's fucking crazy. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, people that call themselves progressives are like the same ones that say that they're woke and same same ones that say that they're feminist. Or say, they're so, all, or say all lives like, matter. That's the craziest shit I've ever heard, dude. Exactly. I swear to God, like you, like say less if that's what you're saying. You know what I mean? If like that, if that makes you feel better at night, fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, dude, that's right. so far from the truth. God, like it's like not like all lives don't matter, obviously, but it's like let's look at the logistics here. Yeah, it's like that's not what we're fucking talking about. <laughs> that's though. not what anyone like, should be talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, no, no one, no one, yeah, no one said that. They're, we're all just pointing out what happens to be going on. It seems to be very specific. You know what I mean? Like, like that's why. Yeah, that matters. Like, you know, injustice everywhere is happening because it's happening. Period. Like, it doesn't matter. If, like it's bad enough that like you know there i feel like it's almost a flex of power and like traditionalism and even isolationism if you want to really get into the nitty-gritty of it that like they're trying to be like look what we're getting away with after getting away with this shit for so long and so many people have realized it was wrong but like we paid them off enough money or like removed them by some other means in a way that this was still happening like and this was this was still given a safe haven and like what the fuck like that yeah i'll stop ranting about that because i know we're <laughs> about this creative right now but like yeah that's just that blows my mind dude it really does it's just it's what that's why i'm so serious about it like and i have yeah, it's shocking and I, I mean the fact that the people who aren't upset and aren't angstful those are the ones that I worry about, they you know, especially like me, my man. white friends. Yeah, they like, scare me, dude. It's like, you should be pissed the fuck off, right? Yeah. If you're not pissed off, it's just because you don't give a fuck about anybody but yourself, and you're white, and you don't deal with these issues. And but that's like, what really, I, I agree fully, dude. I agree fully, and that's what scares me the most is that it's not like, it's not even like some weirdo shit where they're like, well, you know, I feel like... Uh, this is happening and this is causing it. Like, remember when you used to hear that weird ass, like white privilege, like we're not going to let anything happen to our white privilege shit from white people. And like, they would use these wild statistics that sounded like Hillary Clinton sound bites, like from the nineties or whatever, like to justify shit. Like, well, maybe he shouldn't have ran from the police. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know what I mean? Have you ever had your skin weaponized? No. You know what I mean? So it's like, that was like, fuck, but there was a conversation. It's worse now. Like you said, because it's like, it doesn't even come from a place of hatred or self-defense in any way, shape, or form besides straight, like you said, selfishness. And that's what really concerns me because it's like that extends all the way to the voting polls. That extends to like so many dangerous things that I, I don't even want to think about where that could go. You know, we've got like the next Hitler out there. We've got the next like we've got all these guys like the next Stalin, like all these people are probably like living, you know, in America right now, just like, you know, letting this all like, you know, collect in their minds and develop an ultra nationalist platform like you know they're hanging out with donald trump supporters stephen miller's the first one of them that's the truth like stephen miller's out here writing legislation like using covid as a way to like rewrite u.s immigration reform and it's like dude what are you doing like didn't your family run from the holocaust but it's like dude your family ran from the holocaust that's what scares me so much it's like dude you're jewish you know what i mean like 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 this doesn't seem fucked up to you like you know what i mean like you got kids in cages this isn't familiar like i 
I know it is. Like, I know for a fact. Like, because that kid went to Santa Monica High, bro. Fuck that fool. Like, during Prop 8, I crossed paths with him, and he really likes to spew hate. Like, and that's what he does for a living. He went and worked for Steve Bannon after high school. Like, fuck him, bro. Like, real shit. Dude, you know, like, there's no, like, he's not really welcome in L.A., I don't think. Like, I don't think if anyone saw him on the streets, they'd be cool with that. Like, no, man. <laughs> Yeah, the scary thing, though, is that, like, these people move in the shadows, and they don't even need to be Hitler. They don't need I know. They don't need a swastika. They have the logo of whatever corporation they're working for or super PAC they're, they're sending money to or whatever the, the way that they move within the system that exists. They, they can infect more harm a lot easier nowadays with the system the way that it is. So it's actually kind of fucking scarier now than in the past in a lot of ways. No, it definitely is because of the whole, like, it, I, I don't like to say things like shadow government or deep state because it's ridiculous in a way because of Donald Trump, you know, and, like, because of Alex Jones. There's a lot of people who are guilty for making those taboo words. But, like, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's like things go on now that are terrifying because it used to be, like, you know, like, if you watch Plot Against America on HBO, I don't know if you did. Did you watch that? No, I didn't watch it. Okay, it was really interesting period piece where, like, you know, America first comes from U.S. isolationism, like, during the, um, like, um, World War Two, like, the beginning of it from 38 until we were neutral. It's it brand like, new, right? Yeah, it was really good. So yeah. it was about, like, an alternate reality, which almost happened, where, like, it wouldn't have happened, but it got... It, it had traction in the GOP where they wanted to derail FDR's presidency and stay neutral by running Lindbergh as their presidential candidate. There was chatter about this, mm. but it never happened. And he ran an anti-Semitic platform saying like... I do remember that, so yeah. It's interesting, you know what I mean? So it's weird to think about that and then compare it to today. And it's like, that didn't work. It's like, who was really going to get FDR out of all this? Like, nobody. Didn't he die during his fourth term? Like, he was setting records out here, you know? But, like, uh, he was a good president for the most part. Like, towards, he did some sketchy stuff in World War II that we don't have to get into. But, you know, like, he was a <laughs> he was a good president. Like, uh, if you, like, try to make him one, which I do try to do with, like, people who aren't president anymore. But, like, it's just, yeah, it's, like, it's it's tough, dude. The whole situation's really bad because it's been going on for so long. And it's just, like, people did have a problem with it when we were younger. And now it goes on in the shadows. There's no vote. There's no guy out there that's screaming this crazy shit. And then it's happening. Like, sure, yeah, there's the alt-right. But they hide in the shadows, too. And, like, it's going on in corporate boardrooms. And it's, like, we don't see it coming. Legislation doesn't get passed by voters anymore unless, like, they're doing big things like the corporate influence on a bill is what like statistically 92% or something crazy like that. Like 92% of legislation that a corporation does want to pass. Well, even if that same amount of the population opposes it and vice versa, so that's insane. Definitely insane. And I mean, you're using your voice to talk about these issues, like in all different ways. Like I see you on talks, I see you on, social media i see you all over the place kind of like calling these things out and calling attention to these issues but like specifically in your music you're also addressing it but why like what was the reason you chose music as as the way to like the creative outlet to kind of like address the issues that you want to talk about 
that's more of like I got like victimized by music. No, I'm lying, but like it's like, dude, I'm like, I feel like Zach De La Roca, you know what I mean? It was like I just really like wanted. Mm-hmm. I thought music was great. I love music. I love the hip hop culture. I always loved it. The whole time I've been rapping, I've got to meet legends. Like people I grew up listening to, they're all cool as hell. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people have been mad cool to be in the hip hop game. So like I really like it, and I stuck around, and I knew the business then because I grew up in film. So like I understood that it was like a very similar like experience on the business end of it and but like the reason it's weird now it's like my music got really political because my activism started bleeding into all parts of my life like the world got worse so i got more politically active otherwise like i i, I wouldn't be sane like i can't not like i don't say anything that i don't mean and anything I don't mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't say it. Like, if I, so it's like, I feel like I'm, I'm holding back. That's a problem. It's not good for my soul. It's not good for my mental health. I need to, like, address these things, especially if, like, I don't hear it happening. Then I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, you know what I mean? So it's just that happened. And then my it bled into my music where it was more than just a mention, you know, during a cool verse where yeah. otherwise I'm just fucking up doing cool like rap shit and then like i throw in a little political political noise like that's crazy so now it's like it's really bled into my creative process like i don't feel capable almost of writing about anything else right now right so it's it's (laughs) that but also it's also beautiful in a way right right. is there times where you've like been outspoken about something or like like lended your voice to something an issue or you know a, a political stance and then realized you were wrong or evolved on the issue uh that's like i'm very lucky in a sense where i never had that happen to me like yet mm-hmm. you know like yet is the keyword because like there's certain things i'm hardline about that like are starting to look weirder on paper but i haven't like abandoned but i just could see the future getting murky like keeping any point of view similar where it's like i'm a proponent of like the second amendment but at the same time like the realities of like the reasons it exists and like a lot of other things like weird like um like decisions made in court that are completely like raises based on like you know things we've seen like george zimmerman like but like all of that like is basically like you know you're only really getting away with carrying around a concealed weapon whether it's licensed or not if you're fucking white and that's a problem so like i'm starting to like back off of that like being like yeah no like it's in the constitution i used to be like a big constitutionalist and now i'm like i don't know man like people are like like kids kids with guns it's too much bro like, do I have my own theories about, like, why that's happening? Maybe. But, like, it doesn't matter. It's, like, at the end of the day, it's, like, it's very, it's getting very hard to support. Like, I'll put it this way. It's not hard to support the Second Amendment. It's really hard to support the NRA's views of it, though. <laughs> really well, I mean, the, the, the problem is there's not enough nuance around those exactly. issues. And that's on both sides. Yeah, no, I but fully... there's definitely not enough nuance. Like, I have a lot of friends. I have a lot of white friends, like, neoliberal friends who are very anti-gun, anti-Second Amendment. And I totally understand generally where they're coming from until the second I talk to a black man who's like, I need a fucking gun because exactly. if I don't, even the people who are supposed to protect me are going to fucking and kill And that's me. my thing. So too. it's yeah. like... Because like militias are effective. You know, as long as they're actually yeah. run properly, they're way more effective than law enforcement. Like, look at Detroit, dude. You know what I mean? Like, the police abandoned that city, and it's like history. Like, did you see that documentary ever about that history teacher that's out there 
And like, you know, he just, he literally hired the local gangs to be like his cops, basically. And they're the first responders in like certain parts of Detroit, dude. They're like rolling around with AKs and shit. And like, people feel safer than they ever did when it was like, you know, state sanctioned and funded like local law enforcement. So it's like that. I don't know anybody that feels safe because of the police. Even no one even for my yeah. friends who are on the more conservative end of things or who are like, Democrats in the middle of the country who's basically a Republican if they were yeah, here. I feel like even they don't like cops. Like, nobody likes cops. No, <laughs> like, it's not just, a hot thing, right? Like, so. Nowadays, it's not a hot thing. I always say that. I'm like, I bet there was a time in America where, like, you went to the bar if you were a cop and brought your badge out and, like, chicks came over. That's not a thing anymore. You know, like, if you're a cop and you go on Tinder, I guarantee you it's the last thing you bring up. It's like, you know, the 20th date. You're like, by the way, I'm law enforcement. Like, they still don't even specify at that point. You know, it's like, that's the last thing they want to bring up like that's when you know it's bad you know like yeah yeah it's definitely i mean it's a dangerous time to be around the police like you see them coming Mm -hmm. and you don't feel good and that is not a good feeling you're supposed to the idea of them is for them to protect you and serve you and certainly i don't know anybody that sees a cop that gets behind them and feels safer I even even the most law-abiding. No, I really friends. don't know. I don't know any millennials that do. That's a more, that's the statement I can say with like without any like lack of conviction. Because like I feel like you know my mom. I feel like my mom is comfortable as fuck around them, bro, and that makes me uncomfortable. Really? But like, dude, like she has like that legendary white privilege that I'll never know about because like I decided to get tattoos and like be edgy and speak out against like traditional white people's values. You know what I mean? But my mom like is from Chatham, New Jersey. Like my mom went to Providence College, and like my mom like has swung on. You know, like I've seen her swing on a cop, bro, when she was drunk and they were trying to breathalyze her. Like she didn't get no, you know, assault on an officer charge. Like she went, she was home the next day like they didn't even press charges for anything on her you know what i mean like i was like whoa like i was like 15 and i'm getting pistol whipped by that time in my life you know all the time by cops like that's yeah. like almost every day yeah i mean that reminds <laughs> me of our conversation yesterday just like right? both of us we're like, yeah, we've both been subject to police violence multiple yeah, times. Too many. We would not be here if we were black. Yeah, back. I mean, if we were if we were not white, we would definitely be dead. Yeah, no, I know for a fact. Like, dude, I've been shot at like two inches from my head. Like, it's on some weird old west shit. You know what I mean? Where they're like, get on the ground. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I'm at McDonald's and now I'm getting on the ground. And I'm complying because like I know I better. And like, like I've had a cop fire his weapon next to my head twice and call me a bitch like and i'm like bro what is this about you know what i mean like what like even his partner was like homie that's that's crazy like we we don't do that and i'm just like yo like what am i under arrest or is this an arrest a murder like what's happening here you know and like they just did they just left you know what i mean they didn't there was no move left on the board like dude already escalated to that point you know what i mean like i don't know where we go from there like it's like i die right or i go home like i don't think anyone's gonna make an arrest at this point like we've already went way past my miranda rights or like even reason for suspicion like we've went to straight like we don't like how this kid looks and it's time to show him who's boss like this is you know, like you guys are either killing me or like you guys have stomped on the constitution at this point. Like, like I'm pretty sure the British didn't do this shit. You know what I mean? So, like, uh... <laughs> yeah, that's terrifying. It's, it's like another level of yeah. fucking gangs, you know. And that's w- another wild thing, dude. Like, I mean, let's not get too far into that. But like, you know, that's another wild thing. Is like, wow, there's like literally not just gang members within the police force but like like cop gangs exist like that's what's really gnarly is there's like 
cop specific gangs within the LAPD, like where it's like, oh, yeah. and that, like they got their own signs. They have the ink. Like, my, dude, my buddy's a public defender in Compton. He said there's guards at you know Twin Towers, and they'll like literally pull up his there's shit and like show him like, hey, dude, check out my new ink. And he's like, dude, it's a straight fucking cop gang tattoo. I'm like, you can't show me this, dude. Like you're about to testify against my client, and you're showing me you're in a gang. Like within the police force, like that's not really a thing you should do. It's, it's yeah. so real. <laughs> and the fact that people don't care while they're like criminalizing people for the exact same behavior and killing people for the exact same right. behavior, and yet doing it with the, on their own police force, it's just, it it doesn't make any sense. And the sad reality is, I think a lot of people don't really realize this and it's extremely dangerous to shed a light on it. So most people don't. And it is. That's and... a fact. Like we probably, I'm sure you've been a target of political bullshit, like for no reason. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden your day is fucked up. Cause like you didn't know, but there was like a weird conspiracy against you because you were saying shit. The police didn't like about their conduct or like about all court racism. And somebody at city council decided to write up a little like, violation of your entire fucking life's rights you know what i mean that we've ever even been remotely guaranteed to you and have a task force fucking like look into you and then like it's all for nothing but like you know they do shit like that and they're like yeah you know back the fuck off and it's like now i'm really not going to because i don't feel safe enough to you know what i mean it's like you guys should have done this when i was young enough to believe that y'all would calm down that's those days are over like you know what i mean if you guys are i mean it's scary like it's like how many issues is there really when you think about it that are like when I think about the issues that I want to address that I think are some of the biggest, most problematic issues in this country or in this world or in this city, even the only two that come to mind that I'm like genuinely afraid to talk about is the cops and the incel people because yeah. those people have no limits and all the privilege. Yeah, no, like it's literally nothing gets It's absolutely it. true, dude. It's terrifying about those two things, especially it's like ever since like I emailed you the song that's like about to come out, but like people have heard it because I performed it for at least the last year. You know what I mean? That song Colors. And it's uh-huh. like, dude, I like you, right. you don't bring out bring up the Almeida line you know what I mean you just don't do it and like I did I brought it I didn't just bring it up like I made it kind of a focal point of the song dude and like the other day like my Uber driver was a fucking dude and like he just starts talking to me he was cool or whatever like he's casually bringing stuff up to me he asked me about music or whatever and I'm like starting to get a little bit like hmm I wonder like this guy seems a lot like he is law enforcement but he's driving an uber so maybe he is i don't know and so like i'm talking to him and he's like yeah i used to work for death row i'm like oh so you're law enforcement (laughs) you know and he's like oh he's like yeah i mean i quit because thing i'm not going to get into details things got a little too crazy but yeah i was rampart division i'm sitting there like huh like so i wonder if you heard colors you know what i mean because i'm dead if you have you know like i don't think this uber is taking me anywhere besides you know a landfill right now (laughs) at this point like i don't know how cool you are with that division you know like you said you retired but how would i know you know i'm so i'm sitting in the car like oh my god he just made a statement that like he knows i understand the meaning of and most it would go over most people's heads and this i mean I, i don't know what situation i'm in i'm either in like a normal situation where he just threw that out there and like wanted to joke with me about like how he's seen Eminem in a thong in like 1997 at Dr. Dre's house, which is what he did. <laughs> like that's what he told me about. It's not the first time I've heard that either. But like, you know, like at first I was like, I don't know if he's telling me that because it's funny. Like, and then that's to trick me. Like, but then I got to my destination. He told me have a good day. Like keep fighting the good fight. That scared me a little bit. But other than that, you know, cause I was like, Whoa, coming from you, dude, like, 
what does like what's that mean you know what i mean like what does that mean does that mean right. is that a dot 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 at the end or like a exclamation mark and like a blessed sign you know what i mean like what are we talking about here you know <laughs> who who else has even addressed it in music i mean i feel nobody like dude and like that's a problem like that's carpet. something we should talk about when it comes to creativity for sure because like this is something no one brings up and it's a it's appalling to me, dude. It's like Eminem is getting too much of a pass, dude. Like, it's not a popular thing to say, but it's not just him either. It's G Easy. It's like, it's MGK. Like, dude, what are these kids doing? Like, at least Macklemore has addressed the fact that, like, he feels like he looks like the cops on the other side of a protest line. And, like, going to a protest makes him feel like he doesn't belong there and, like, he wants to have an open dialogue about it. Like, cool. That's a conversation people can have. But, like, what's up with, like, all these people who, like, were getting away with not getting called cultural appropriators their whole careers like having nothing to say when it comes like dude eminem hasn't said shit about black lives matter like he might have thrown like the most vanilla thing possible out for a couple of record sales and that's it like other people are completely silent on the issue and like it's like i know their corporations have that much control over them but that's also what scares me it's like since when was the music industry literally trampling on civil rights as part of their fucking like imf deal you know what i mean like that's crazy especially in rap yeah that's that's why it's like whoa Like rap and punk rock are supposed are like to be political, right? Place. Yeah, I like that. You... And it's supposed to be political. <laughs> like that's the roots. Yeah, like. And all you're rapping is about is like cars and fucking drugs and whatever. It's just at some point it becomes ridiculous. Like Eminem got so much praise for that one cipher where he talked shit on Donald Trump, and it's like, and I was like, shit on and Donald he said Trump it like three years most... presidency. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, where were you during the election? You know, like when he was saying all this stuff, like about like you know, fucking, like, Mexicans and, like, you know, bad hombres and shit. Like, where were you on that end? You know what I mean? You were just go. You were nowhere? Yeah. Like, like, we're, like, be real didn't even call you and say, like, hey, dude, like, I, you, you, you get, like, legendary amounts of retweets and it would be really good for us if, uh, you know, you could say something about this immigration problem. I mean, I was like, nah, like, I, uh, I'm a dad. It's like, yeah, who's still r- rapping? Like, it's weird to me that the dude will touch on he'll still make songs where he's like bragging about how he wants to rape girls that are younger than his daughter now at this point and he's like old but like like and that's controversial and hot to him and like he won't make a comment about politics and it's like bro you're at the age where that's what you do you know what i mean like you're at the age where like you should be talking about shit that matters like what are you doing trying to make shock rap and if you're gonna do that at least like make it politically shocking like like aren't you tired of saying the same thing for 28 like 29 years and shit like but no like yeah i mean that's that's the thing though is it's it's back to what you said about cultural appropriation where it's like you're benefiting from all of the good from this culture, but you're not getting like the, the hip hop police exactly. arresting you and beating you up and putting exactly. you in jail for the shit you say and do. Like you're literally you, towing Fact. the line of both white privilege and Fact. fucking the privilege of being a rapper. That's such a fact, dude. Like, and I, I'm happy you brought that up, dude. Because, like, dude, I swear to God, I bring this up to, like, all rappers that I know. Like, not all rappers that I know haven't heard of them or whatever. But, like, bro, you would be shocked how many, like, rappers that really have made money and toured and, like, been in New York. You'd be surprised how many rappers that are not from New York but, like, reside there or at least, like, reside in New Jersey or, like, Connecticut that have never actually heard of the hip-hop police being a real thing outside of like urban myths and like 
to me, that's wild, homie, because like I haven't got off a plane at JFK since I don't know when without getting a formal check in from these people with federal jurisdiction. You know what I mean? Like they, they don't get crazy with me, but they make it pretty clear, bro. You know what I mean? They're like, you better not be like, like, you know, if the protests are, we know where you're staying. Like, if it happens there, like we're blaming you. Like they give me some pretty like weird guidelines for backup. You know what I mean? Like, like they're basically telling me the limits of my free speech in a really polite way. And they're not that restrictive. Like most of the shit they tell me not to do, I had no plan on doing anyway. You know, so it's just like, okay, yeah. like, but you guys felt the need to do this, this whole thing, this whole thing where you showed me the fancy, like, like undercover badge. I get it. You guys are lit. I would have never thought you were cops. It's crazy. You're allowed to smoke weed, like to maintain your cover or for other reasons, whatever it is. Like, that's all me. I'm real impressed by all of it. You know what I mean? But like, that is, is that to do or was is this something because like you guys warned me to do shit y'all know i wouldn't do if you have my file out like you do i mean like like it's just like, like yeah don't go you know start any riots it's like is that really something i've done like right well that's the, that's one of the tools that they use is like inciting a riot they love that they love that yeah, it's like nobody's fucking right. It's not a riot. It's like a, a mosh pit is not a riot. If people like one person shooting a gun is not a riot. Like, ridiculous. So true, dude. What you know? One thing that was really funny that I heard you say, which was like, uh, very controversial <laughs> in the best kind of the way, best <laughs> was you were you were talking about Putin and and when he was talking about uh about the jail system here in right, Los Angeles. Though, like... I wonder if you could just. Just touch on that a little bit. Like, I just thought it was hilarious because obviously there's this narrative in the U.S. Yeah. that's very, even my, a lot of my liberal friends are super like. They're scared anti- of going China, to Moscow, anti- like going to the Gulag. Russia. Like, you know, like I suspected CIA. It's like, dude, they have Xboxes at the fucking Gulag. You know what I mean? Like Putin himself. Like, I said, like he said that, you know, like, and he didn't just say it like to Moscow's press. Oh, no. He put us on blast for human rights violations in front of all of the UN to see, dude. Like, this was at the G18 or whatever, you know? And, like, this dude went off. Like, I think it might have been the same day that he, like, cornered Netanyahu in the bathroom, like, without his security and told him, like, there would be real consequences if, like, he didn't stop doing stuff in Palestine. Like, like Putin was on one that day. He was getting things done without the bureaucracy. You know how he does. And, like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, like, I mean, honestly, he's a wild card, bro. Like, and I'm sure if there was a free agency for politicians, like, America would be looking at him as, like, the the way the Yankees look at, like, you know, a a Cy Young winner when he's coming off a contract. You know, they'd be like, how much for Putin, you know? Like, so it's like, yeah. like, you know, he's out there doing the best propaganda possible for himself. Like, dude, he's making Kim Jong-un's, like, state-sponsored, like, self-promotion look bad. Like, you know, he actually has people convinced, like, he's this guy that, like, is still going out with Spets knots and stuff for fun, you know? Like, that's not real, but, like, <laughs> so, you know, but, like, yeah, he said that, you know, he said that, you know, if people want to talk about human rights violations, they let need to look no further than the Twin Towers correction facility in los angeles california which isn't even a federal prison like he made a great point there you know what i mean like he said those are the worst conditions that i even know about like in the first world like anything claiming to be a first world country like like, that's that bad like 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 it's really bad like and like there's no un peacekeepers over there so like i don't know why you guys are talking to me about like 
random shit, you know? And like, we were like, well, no, it's not random. It's, it's offensive to us. And he's like, well, it's offensive in Russia, like to say that's offensive. And like, why are we doing this? And we're like, we're at an impasse. We're pulling out of the nuclear arms. But that's, that's know, such like, an yeah, thing it is. to do. Like, we're like, at an impasse. We're just going to point the finger at everybody else but not look inward. And it's like, if you want to like, if you want to say all lives matter, you want to talk about the issues that white people face, whether it's like related to class or whatever. I mean, like all of us face tons Inversity, and tons of issues you know, in this yeah, extremely like, fucked up world. Like, but like, if you care, yeah. then you should care twice as much about what a black person is going through who's dealing with this seven exactly. times worse than you are. Like, White millennials, it's like no millennials had it easy, bro. And like we're like what white straight males, you know what I mean? Like like I'm pretty sure historically, yeah. like we shouldn't have had to go through like much, you know what I mean? And it's just like it hasn't been easy for any millennial, bro. Like and so to like think about that with like the perspective of what's really going on, like racially, like it like a Samia isn't class warfare right now. Like it, it can't even be excused as that. It's targeted because like at this point, Donald Trump has really exposed, like, this part of America that I used to pretend really, like, existed in, like, a more low-key way, where it's like, well, there's poor white people, too, but, like, should they have the right to vote? I used to be like, ah, I mean, all Americans should, and now it's like, you see you see the people that Trump's got, and it's like, oh, my God, you know what I mean? It's like, like, Tiger King's a thing, like, like, you know, white people have their own fuck shit that, like, never gets talked about, and it would be, like, really funny to see the tables turned where, like, you know, all of a sudden we were the ones that were being propagated against, like, because our race is fucked up, bro. Like, birth of a nation, like, that, that was a thing. You know what I mean? Like, how'd that fucking come out? And why did the president watch it in a private screening? Like, what the fuck? Like, that was, you know, that's all bad, dude. Like, it was so bad. Like, I just see, like, stuff like that. It's like, I just don't know how to, like, continue. I'm like, that's so bad. But, like, it is, you know what I mean? And it's like, it's been going on for so so long so it's like right now yeah it's really bad because baby boomers like seem like they have a real hatred for millennials of all types you know what i mean like i don't even know if baby boomers are purposely discriminating when it comes to hating millennials like but there are subgroups that are definitely like working that algorithm to target specific groups of people that they've always had issue with and all this still stems from us not eradicating the confederacy like i don't know how you don't do that you know there's a civil war like, and there's wild differences like that. And, like, they're winning most of the war, brutalizing your shit. And then, like, you win and you're, like, just giving them a clean surrender. Like, that's a little much, you know? Like, I feel like there should have been, like, a different level of consequences for that war, the ending of that war, you know? Like, I mean, it's crazy. Well, I mean, you got a guy. You got a guy in the head of the union who's the founder of the Republican Party who had slaves who worked closely with a lot of the people in the South. So it was in his best interest to unify the country in that regard. I think he, he I mean, he quote unquote emancipated all the slaves, but I certainly didn't it change did, much uh, as you uh, Of course know. it did. And like, and that's There's another wild thing, thing that like, speaking of creativity in Hollywood too, like I've touched on this. A lot of people haven't like, you know, but it's interesting that like, there's so many like, honestly like racist like white people who actually kind of run on that platform reagan being like a very good example of this that like run on that whole cowboy platform where they're like yeah you know i'm a maverick i'm a maverick like i wear cowboy hats and it's like homie like do you understand that there weren't even white cowboys and they don't 
like they don't understand that like white people didn't get to LA to no, like Bush is, yeah Bush is the yeah no that though. yeah Bush came through <laughs> really with like, it's like dude Bush your fucking dad was the president and you went to fucking <laughs> yeah. Yale and you're from fucking you're you're not you're not a good old no. boy from Texas like stop with the accent yeah. stop with the fucking the cowboy misunderestimated like dude ridiculous. stop it like Carl Rove wrote that word down like you would have never you never came up, you never heard someone say that shit in your life you wouldn't have just pulled it out in front of the White House <laughs> desk for like that's so crazy yeah. like he sure as hell didn't speak that way yeah, yeah. like no one that way where he's been and he's like yeah misunderstood yeah like, and you were not in the skull and bones with the with yeah the no way no way Sorry, you know john Kerry no. and you were in the same fraternity that wouldn't even make sense like like you know what i mean like like they were both all clothes about that which is hella weird dude you know like I, that's crazy that they'll even like play games like that you know where like they're rivals and then like skull and bone get bones gets brought up and they're like wink wink about it it's like okay like you guys just, you're, how is this an election right now like thought carries all of a sudden looking kind of suspect you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we were best friends. It's like, oh. so <laughs> yeah, they're they're, they're on some fucking I hate to even think about that time because it was so. I mean, I grew up in that era and going to jail and fucking protesting and all the other shit that yeah. it came along with it. And it's just all for what to set up Donald Trump. Yeah, it's it's like, so bad, man, dude, it really um, is. Like, <laughs> any, yeah. I I want to hit you with a, I want to hit you with a different topic. Um. Well, for one, I guess I kind of wanted to talk about guns with you a little bit because I think it's like there's not enough nuance around this conversation and around a lot of conversations. But like just I, I'm not very educated when it comes to guns at all. I don't own a gun, um, never really owned a gun, but have a lot of friends who have guns. And I, and I seriously don't think that I need a gun, but I don't think I'm, I don't have an opinion on whether everybody else should have one or not. But that said, I mean, how when you look at the firearm industry the people who are making the guns the people who are profiting off of everything that comes along with guns whether that's you know the shooting ranges down to the people manufacturing the the firearms to the people selling the firearms i mean this is a that entire industry is extremely conservative and so as you like how can one even let's say you want to have a firearm how can one go about even getting a firearm that doesn't support an extremely conservative side of the And that country. is the big issue with, like, when it comes to gun ownership, that's the big problem. I'm not a gun owner. I'm on probation, so I'm not a gun owner. Like, that, it's not something I need in California to feel safe. You know what I mean? Like, it's just mm-hmm. not. Like, if someone wants me dead bad enough to, like, with a gun in California, like, dude, like, they're getting pretty serious about these gun charges, you know what I mean? Like, that's, like, I, if, if, yeah. if a civilian wants me dead, like, they, they, they're going to take shots at me and hit me, like, I'm going to die, like, I don't, you know, that's the position I'm in, where it's, like, you know, they, they I, I'm not supposed to defend myself, do I think, like, I need to be able to do that? No, again, not really in California, I've lived in Arizona for a little bit, like, yeah, like, what did I like? It was encouraged to carry firearms there, like, for all citizens. You don't even need a permit. And so, like, that mm-hmm. was a little bit different. But, like, I agree with you in a sense, for sure. Like, in a, not just in a sense, 100%, because, like, any say you buy a blog, right? Like, who's really getting paid? You know what I mean? It's like that money goes to, you know, Switzerland's military industrial complex, which is like really well financed by United States entities, partly owned by Lockheed Martin, who make Hellfire missiles that blow up preschools. There's no way you can put money into that industry and not contribute to, you know, innocent, what we now call collateral, 
rather than civilian casualties, which is like really 1984 fuck shit. Like, you know, like collateral, like you're, you're investing in collateral if you're buying a gun, unfortunately. Uh, on top of that, you're giving money. Like now that the NRA has card holding KKK members running that bitch, like you're giving money to the KKK. Like you don't want to be doing it, but that's what you're doing. Whether you are aware of it or not, it's happening. Again, another reason I'm not a gun owner. Um, like, do I come from a gun owning family? No, my dad's like one of those guys from Hell's Kitchen that settles things with his hands. He hates guys that carry knives and guns. Uh, my brother though is a tier one, was a tier one operator. Uh, my fiance was a Marine. Um, like, you know, I, my, my uncle won the silver star. Like I come from a military family and not, almost none of them are gun owners post-military ex- except my bigger, my big brother. Cause he was a tier one operator and like, you can't really fix that. You know, like $30 million of training with no off switch. You don't really just go home like, oh, it's all good. Like, you know, I'm not saying he like walks around strapped. I'm just saying like, you know, he's like every guy that used to do tier one ops and like he thinks one day some shit might go down and he better have an, he better be ready if it does, you know? So it's like, whatever, you know, I respect that. Like I haven't seen the fucking shit he's seen. Like, and I'm happy I haven't like, uh yeah you know but like so when it comes to that like you're if you're helping lockheed martin you're not helping america in a sense of um anything getting better for people especially outside of america you are helping american industry like like that's like really our only export we have two things we got entertainment and right, but war. it's like what like, is we're that arms dealers and we have what is that expert I mean, what is that? What is that industry that we're supporting? That's that, the that's problem. A, that's it's war. It's legitimate. It's like, legitimately war, and for no reason, war. Like, like it's in the best interest of these right. multinational corporations to have a constant state of military preparation levels at wild levels in the United States, and to always be making sure those bullets get fired. Like nowadays, we've gotten a little bit savvier, and like we don't have United States soldiers pulling these triggers like it while the cash register goes off we've gotten dirtier now now we sell arms to regimes that we don't even support or their opposition and like we don't care who wins these conflicts because it's u.s dollars getting made every single time a bullet's fired so like that's the really sick and twisted part in the eyes of the corporate people at these companies they only see the bottom line. So to them, the more child soldiers pulling triggers, the more US dollar GDP, and that's a problem. So there's no good way to really support it, which is why I said I'm kind of retracting from my stance, at, like, which is constitutionally correct. Like I think every citizen, like definitely not just white people, probably lastly white people, should have like, you know, the right to defend themselves from oppression. That's why the amendment existed, at least on paper so you know what i mean like so yeah even if that, even if that oppression is a, a cop in your neighborhood right it doesn't right. look I mean, like that's, it's, it's, it it's is written you. in that form you know what i mean it really is just like it's written that police officers is all supposed to be only peacekeepers and publicly elected like but that's not true you know what i mean like i can't remember ever voting for right. a cop like I can't remember a cop ever getting in trouble for cussing in a uniform around me like these aren't public servants uh like that not in the sense that it's written like the public police force is supposed to be a peacekeeping force that's publicly elected by their local by the you know area they patrol and that's not the case at all that's not even remotely the case it never has been and i 
Yeah, most of these cops don't look like the people in the in the neighborhoods that they're patrolling. No, and like sure. that's a uniquely I mean... West Coast problem too. Like they do in New York, I would say like, you that's know, New true. York, it's a little different, but it's more different like Boston. New York's gotten too expensive to, for this to be true anymore. You see that like with cases like Eric Garner and shit. But like in Boston, I remember it being like, it was weird because the cops that patrol, they really live where they patrol. Their little beat where they like walk on foot. So it's like they know they're going to see you at a restaurant or whatever. So, like, they're really not trying to just, like, randomly, like, stop and frisk you and pistol whip you because, like, they see you. You know what I mean? Like, at restaurants and when they're out with their wife and kids not in uniform. Like, it's not really something they're trying to do is just become that guy, you know, like, because they don't have no ski mask protecting their identity. So it's like, you know, it's not cool. Like, out there's corruption there but not nearly at the levels, you know what I mean? Like, and so I feel like there's a big part of that. Like, whereas here, it's like these motherfuckers live in Simi Valley and drive out, you know, to LA to like gangbang and then go back to the suburbs. Like, Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't, like, I think I ask myself a lot often how I can be sure that the way that I'm spending my money isn't supporting the causes that I don't believe in or the people or empowering the people that I don't believe in. And it's, harder and harder but i at the end of the day i think it's there's you know we live in a a capitalist nation where or a capitalist world for that matter where you vote with your dollar more than you absolutely vote vote, and you actually you can change the world just literally with buying power and with enough people boycotting or spending money here rather than there and you see things the shifts that are happening the seismic ones are happening because of the way that people spend money and so that's why i ask about guns again i like it's not a it's a serious question is that I don't really know enough about it. And I wonder if there is people out there, is there smaller gun manufacturers that people can support that are more left leaning? No, 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 no. Like I was about to say, I was about to go into that. I'm like, picture a black owned, you know, gun business, like picture that, just picture how the ATF would think about that little operation. Like that's why, you know, (laughs) yeah. But I mean, I think about it a lot too. And we had talked about it a little bit before is just like, animal agriculture is the same where it is these are the people who are lobbying for and funding the conservative yep. party in the biggest way and it's like animal ag is you know take some of the biggest subsidies from this country it's always in the red they're always losing money and yet we're like giving them all of our tax money to keep them around so that then they can in turn fund all of these right-wing conservatives and so like even from a political stance I wonder why, like, why do you think more people don't take a stand against, let's say, animal ag or against the, you know, big pharma or against, I mean, I guess big pharma is pretty bipartisan. Yeah. <laughs> that like, animal ag up that bad, you know. <laughs> are pretty conservative. Yeah. No, but I mean, like, weapons and, and animal ag, I think, are two that are, like, give most of their money to the, to the yeah. Republican Party. And I wonder why, like, like, why do you think people don't take more of a stance against bigger industries Um, like that there's multiple reasons like the reason i've never been like a huge animal rights activist and like i mean i am somebody that like has a dog that i rescued you know what i mean like i love like i wouldn't just get a dog from a breeder like i i got the dog with the red tag behavioral problems and made her the best dog you know that's what i do but like i've never really like like i it's not that i don't think there's a real crisis because i do like, I really do when it comes to the way animals are treated and manufactured. Like, it's crazy and it's bad. And it's like, honestly, it's like beyond the animal rights. It's a, it, it's a health risk for all people consuming this, like, mass manufactured 
Well, it's a, it's a huge human yeah. rights issue as well, where like you have some of the most. I mean, these are in concrete buildings where they're where they're killing and milking these animals. Yeah. And et cetera, oh yeah. And they're you know some possible conditions. Yeah, like it's immigrate. really bad. And then on top of that, there's the workers there with, of course, not American citizens doing jobs white people pretend they'd be like. That's, that's my favorite part of the Republican Party. They pretend they'd be doing these jobs. You know what I mean? They're like they're taking our jobs. It's like are they? Like you would do that, you. you yeah. Yeah, did you ever see that? Did you see that Colbert where he where he like started a campaign and allowed anybody to? No, I don't even think it was him. I think he went to a farm where they were saying we'll give jobs to anybody that tried. wants a job, and only one white person came and he quit immediately. And one other white person called and was like, "You guys have uh, yeah. medical." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, like, what? It's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. And like, there's a lot to be said about that. Like, when it comes to like human conditions and human trafficking, like that happened, like, regarding all of that, it's pretty bad, dude. Like, the whole like for profit, like, coyote industry where people are like legitimately kidnapping like people until like they get paid twice. Like, that's crazy, dude. But like, uh, for me, it's like animal rights are a thing, but human rights are like a really pressing thing right now. So I'm kind of like, on, I'm on both sides of it because, like, I, I get it, dude. Like, I get that, like, you know, eating bad animals, something that's unavoidable for anybody that eats, like, or eats animal products. But, like, it's disproportionately, like, unhealthy in our community. You know what I mean? Like, really, like, let's talk about you know, like that's where I see the bigger issue for me. It's like, let's worry about the humans right now. Like, I'm not saying don't worry about the animals as much as I'm saying, like, the humans are getting affected by it. But like, it's like, to me, seeing cows in terrible living conditions and disproportionately non-white populations, very similar conditions in like Twin Towers and facilities like it it's pretty much like, okay, I need to focus on like getting people out of this first, then those people might be able to help with the animals. But like, the problem is the health risk that's posed by these animals really disproportionately affects on a class warfare level, the black community. And like, there's things like, you know, the Crenshaw, very much like what you do work with that are like doing huge, huge things to make sure that isn't a reality. But like, we're not, not every place is LA lucky with like all this new activism that's happening in like- yeah, You have food deserts and people are not able to right, get like food and stuff. We're but I mean, I guess- In LA, it's like- Think about it even just on a personal level. Though. Like on a personal level, how I mean, why does I mean, you, you have like such a hard stance on a lot of things. But then when it comes to like, let's say just what you put on your plate, even just again, just like personally, not not thinking about, you know, the person in, in South Central who is not able to get a healthy meal right. for five bucks um, that doesn't animals. But let's say just you personally or me personally, like, why do you think that your like kind of ethics stop at at the plate? Because it's not, I mean, it's not like maybe that doesn't, we, we can only, we only have so much right. time in the day and we can only make, put our energy for so many things. Would, I think we all like that would be fights. my reasoning. That but would like, be my reasoning. It... I think it's not something, it's not something, it's not anything I've ever like wanted to avoid talking about, but there was always something worse. You know what I mean? Like that I had to deal with. That's true. Like and that is like, that's something I feel like people are talking about. So it's like, that's also something I don't need to really throw my entire weight into to help because like, there's a lot of people that are, it's like, that would be like asking me why, like, I don't go at religion more. Like, there's a lot of reasons I don't go at religion, but like, 
I mean, religion really is like a manufacturing plant for, you know, Trump votes. What did he get? Like, he literally got 100% of the evangelical vote, dude. Like, what the fuck? Like, that man doesn't believe in God. He said that on TV so many times. Like, you know what I mean? Like, hey, it's so gnarly, dude. So it's like. Well, I don't even mean like in terms of putting your, your like artistic voice behind it. I mean more like what what stops you from just saying, hey, no, I'm going to take like a hard line and say I'm not going to support this industry. Uh, because that in, I, I really think it is like you said it's more that i only have so much like time in a day it's like dude i like barely get to touch on global warming which actually ties in the animals nowadays you know what i mean but like i barely get to touch on that with all the other activism i do so it's like it's just it's, i feel like it's like you know the 14th chapter in like my novel of like things i need to change you know and it's like i just don't get to it enough and it, it's not something I'm unaware of. It's something like I'm very aware of. And that's kind of disturbing to me that I don't have the time to like really dedicate like any of my real like resources to that issue. But at the same time, that community semi-combative towards me. So it's like, that's a real thing that I do look at. It's like, no, my audience, you know what I mean? Like a lot of people who are part of the like, you know, vegan, like, and I mean, like I'm being 100% honest and this might not be a blanketly true statement. I'm not saying it is that it's blanket facts, but I'm saying in my experience, a lot of the white vegan people that I have met, like just randomly, you know, around LA, like the bougie vegans and shit, a lot of them are the same people that say all lives matter. And it's like, if they're, if they're standing up and getting riled up about these animals' rights, I feel like I get uh, they're doing enough because they're, do, they're they're kind of those influential people that can get things to change by crying about it to their mom or their dad. You know, it's like, like you know, like that's that's a real thing, though. You know what I mean? Like where it's like I can't get people to pull their stocks by like making a crying video, like when it comes to other issues. Like, and those people are kind of combative towards me because like. You know, there's so many things that they do support that I just don't support. Like, I do see racism run rampant in those communities. That's why I always talk about these quote-unquote progressives who are so progressive till you mention, like, reparations or some shit. And, like, they just start to, like, you know, backpedal like the fucking roadrunner, dude. And you're like, you're like, whoa, you know what I mean? Like, so that's what goes on in Bernie's camp sometimes, you know? And that's fucking crazy, dude. So, like... To me, it's like, you know, that it, it's one of those dangerous issues where it's like, you know, people are politicizing it and it's for their very, very personal gain. And that's something I like don't want to be seen as doing. And it's really something I don't want to be associated with either. Like I, I, you could probably introduce me to like good groups that like were for animal rights and don't really have any like ties to weirdos but like i'm yet to like come across these groups <laughs> i mean i've met i met weirdos in every sadly in every group related to any issue where people are that kind of creates a subculture within it and i've never personally been one where i felt like i needed some kind of culture or label to feel like the choices i was making or not making were valid but i will say that like i think that at the core of it it's it's a lot less selfish than a lot of people think I do know that a lot of it is like tied to people's identity, and that's. that's corny, I'm not even really talking about that, them though, because that's they're not really activists either. They're just corny, like doing. They're just, they're like people who would just do popular stuff. You know what I mean? They're like the hot topic kids. They're not really affecting right. anybody besides like 
you know, our sanity as like rational human beings. That's it, you know, right? <laughs> right. But I mean, there there is people who are like on the front lines fighting. And I think that what people don't realize is that veganism or animal rights intersects with literally every single issue that like you care about or I care about or a lot of folks care about where it's like it disproportionately affects mm-hmm. people of color. It in terms of immigrations, it's like huge immigration rights and, and rights of migrants that are violated every single day. It's one of the leading causes of climate change and is absolutely the leading cause that any of us have an effect over. It's like you can rattle off a million facts like there's 800 gallons of yeah, water. In no, a, no, in yeah, dude, that's why like, this actually does acutely affect there. everything I care about. And that's why I'm like, when you when you were talking to me about it, I was kind of like, dude, that would be cool to do an entire thing on because I know there's ground for us to cover there. You know what I mean? Because like that's something that makes it almost worse is that I'm very acutely aware of how many like correlations there are between that and other things I like like literally you know on a gung-ho mission about you know what i mean so that to me it, it kind right. of disturbs well, me well i'm the it same does. way when like, it comes to things but i'm like still i know i know the effects of like of oil on this yeah. planet as i'm sure you do but i'll still like hop an uber a car and be totally fine with it you know like i think that it's again it's okay we choose our battles and we we put our energy towards those i think i just like it, it's surprising to me when people have such strong ethics and morals and like to the point where they'll risk like you, you literally risk day, your own I do. life no i'm happy that, you say that because, like, a lot of people don't realize that yeah you stand up for what you believe yeah you do too i know so that's why you do it's always like, talking to me when it's like, hey, where's the but like i don't yeah. fear the establishments well, so, okay. behind those i got a challenge right. i got a challenge for you i got a challenge for you so my buddy who my buddy ethan who i uh who i work on this podcast with incredible artist from LA. He, uh, he gave me a challenge and I gave him a challenge. And the challenge I gave him was to, to eat vegan for a, a week. So, and he gave me a challenge in return. So I, I want to ask you, would you give, would you give, <laughs> it doesn't need to be even now, but would you give me a challenge to do for a week? Something that you're really passionate about that you think that like, if I made these decisions or followed this, this path you put me on, that it would actually make a change. And in the same time, take the challenge of yeah. being vegan for a week. Like, I don't know what I'd come up with for you, okay. like, cause like, but like, I've done that. And so I'm saying it's not, that's what makes it again, like kind of worse is like, I'm aware of how bad it is for me too. You know what I mean? It's like, I know you're not supposed to get tired after you eat. Yeah. You do when you eat meat, period, bro. Like that's a known fact, like same with like cheeses and shit like that. So it's like, like I'm Italian, you know, I eat pizza, but like I went long periods of time where i was just like on some health shit like eating like 10 servings of granola a day you know like just because that was like what i was doing right. i really do that especially because my fiance is vegan you know what i mean so it's not hard for me to like <laughs> yeah right you know i can do it's not yeah no, that's salute, talk, right? Though, right it's like I can, that's easy for me to you know do because like i can just start being like i'll eat what you're eating like i just have to have it more like uh more like protein based and less like vegetable because like here's the thing we have to bring up if we're going to bring up vegans too i'm sure you have a lot of opinions on this like uh, oh my god i'm sure you do I, that's why i'm really excited to bring this up like how do you feel about companies like beyond you know what i mean like that shit's fucked up like dude that's not healthier than meat you know what i mean like I, like they're 3d printing right. hell out well here, i mean that's the know? thing is there's there's a way to eat some meat that's healthy you know and it's not for me it's more of an ethical choice in terms of like all the way from the animals to the people right. who it affects to the people who these industries fund 
to the climate. And those are the main issues for me. It's like very little about health. I think you can, there's a lot of meat that you can eat. That's a lot healthier than like going and getting an impossible Whopper from fucking Burger King. Like those things are, if you compare one to one, of course the impossible Whopper is a lot better than a regular Whopper, but it's certainly not any better than going to go to the grocery store and spending $3 and buying some squash and steaming it, you know, like I think that, you know, it's health, health is a whole other separate issue that, Certainly eating meat and dairy is unhealthy, but there's certainly a lot of ways to be unhealthy and be vegan. And I know a so, lot so of So do I. And that's like, I'd say that's relatively for me personally, new, though, wouldn't you? Like, like I mean, it's yeah, new. It's, like, they're, it's new for yeah. sure. Like, I've been vegan for oh, okay. years, and it wasn't <laughs> that way until five, seven years ago or something. Like, people all of a sudden now, it's like, and I mean, I kind of get it because it's like people are unhealthy, but they want to mm-hmm. make ethical choices. And it's like, so if you can buy, if you can, you, you want to drive a car, cars are trash, but yeah, you drive a yeah. it's like, okay, I can make a more ethical choice of the same or something similar and it. That I can appreciate. It's like, I want to eat shitty food, but I don't want to, I don't want right. to. And everyone, everyone can appreciate like that. that. I, I, everyone can. But right. like, like you said, you know, there are people who really be at like, you know, they're eating the beyond or the impossible whopper, whatever, which one of those companies they're using at the time. Like that's like three meals a day. You know, they're going through straight up, like just, you know, 3d printed versions of it. And like, I would you like, I wouldn't call that healthier, but like you said, it's not even a health issue, but like, it's like, it's wild to me to see like people like have such a wild agenda and wanting people to be obese that like this is a thing you know what i mean like that to me is, <laughs> that weird. is weird like you know it's like weird. why would you make it three thousand calories though you know like 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 i didn't you have full control like, what, over what, the really entire that? genetic process on that and it happens to just be fucked like that's crazy like but so i mean I'm going to let you go in a minute, but I do want to ask you, like, what do you, do you have something coming up for one and for two, these might be one and the same, but is there something that you think that people should um, take the time to Google, take the time to read a book, take the time to, to go and, and listen to something or digest um, something yeah, that isn't like, yours? Well, right now, like a big thing for me is like trying to get people to under, like I, I'm shocked actually how many people haven't read 1984, but I'm more shocked how many people haven't read Brave New World because that's what's happening. Like everyone thinks mm-hmm. like all these conspiracy nuts are out there like, oh, 1984 is happening. I'm like, yeah, no, they're making sure we think that. Like they're doing wild shit. They're using double speak for sure. But like what's going on in the background? Like Big Pharma has been quiet ever since COVID started and all of that. And it's like, I mean, are we really that far away from them? Like just, you know, having the entire population so polarized and like getting confirmation bias news to where they just are reading what they want to read not the truth because it's all algorithm based i mean how far away are we from brave new world where we're living in an algorithm that's society where every like there is no real level of inequality that people aren't okay with and we're just completely sedated oh, yeah. by pills that are called somas that ended up coming out in real life after that book like was a bestseller like that's fucked so it's like um yeah you know like i mean that's a piece of material i think people should check out dude it's like brave new world because i think yeah, that it's fuck. What what year um, is that? It written? was. It's, it, it, like it's actually like right after it was. Uh, it was written like uh, nineteen eighty four is nineteen forty eight, and I believe Brave New World was fifty two. 
So it was like right after yeah, World War II. I think it was year? 1952. I'm like, I, don't quote me on that, but like, it's like close. I thought uh, it was I believe, before. I thought it was before. Well, it, it, that's where it gets, Stacey. You might be right about that. Like, I know they're within a few years of each other, but the weird part about Brave New World is it actually was a burn rip off. And like, I'm not saying anything bad about Huxley. Like, he's a cool guy. Like, Orwell called him out on it as like a friend type of thing, but like, um, there's actually a book called We by a guy named Evgeny Zemyatin, who was a Russian writer during the t- revolution of the 20s there. And like he wrote a book during the revolution, so it never got published called We. And it was uh, about a numbers based algorithmic society in Russia that was fully communist, but it had the exact same ideas as Brave New World. Yeah, and it was really interesting. World, yeah. So, like, it's kind of like he wrote like a Western version, but also the same, literally, like, it was very movie. much the oh. same. Like, it was weird. Like, it was to the point where, like, you know, you had a, you weren't allowed to oh. love anybody. Like, these were very like in, like the structures in which they selected your mate were very similar to Brave New World as well. Like, where it was all based on algorithms and like um complete like it was like a lottery who you were like going home with at night, like where you weren't part of society. And it was it's a weird book. It's about like an engineer and it's a mathematically based society obviously because in the 20s people didn't know about algorithms so like this was really ahead of its time and like this guy was a ship that was like going up to send all of man's like knowledge to aliens so they would know about us if they ever found it and the whole book is his diary that he's sneaking into this space vessel that's going up into space that has the facts because like he's unsure of what the facts are anymore so it's like very very similar to brave new world and like in ways 1984 because of the fact that like facts are so questioned by even like the protagonist in it you know so it's like yeah like i think people should definitely like get into more of that than people do like i don't think our generation at least like values um literature enough anymore and like that's dangerous dude like because that's like that Fahrenheit sure. 451 without needing like the fire department and the historical rewrite of how they started or whatever you know what i mean so it's like that's wild like i see that as a real yeah. threat uh the internet becoming the new written word like because then the government can really just edit history whenever they see fit which is way dangerous so yeah, I know it's that, real scary. <laughs> and then projects the like on there. the show that you. So what saw, about something of your own? The show you like, saw, you like Crash Barbosa said, "What? That's like really something I was focusing on. That was the first episode I could do, and then COVID happened, and like I wasn't gonna be the guy that's like making like anyone work like on the production level, like." like risking their health you know that's just what something you don't want to see be in history books is that guy i feel like i don't at least like that makes me like no better than the boomers like so i'm not doing that uh but uh yeah like so it's like i have that starting back up like now that everything's starting to like loosen up and everything and uh that's something i'm really excited about because like i should have a whole season of that out by like the end of the summer and then um I'm going to continue to do that show because I think it's important. Uh, I have an album coming out this year, but like activism has been such a focal like thing of mine that like the album is very political and like a lot of music stuff I do nowadays is like, it's cool because I have some influence within that world, but like 
I like I'm kind of at a place where like I'm definitely thinking about like running for Senate like next time around. So it's like that's like really where I'm headed to. So like I'm trying to start doing that like not tomorrow, obviously, because that would be weirdly in advance. But like I'm definitely like, you know, assembling like who I think would be good for a campaign manager, those kinds of things, because like it's like there, there's really not enough of us like our whole generation like in the public sector and like there needs to be so i'm kind of trying to do that i think i can do that and like have enough pull where it's like a political party like where they're they 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 hate what i'm saying but like they don't hate that i'm like helping them look cool or whatever like it's like you know it's like basically like a less militant mm. version of aoc like i'm not gonna hold like you know political careers hostage on instagram that's ridiculous not on my house like you don't need to do that once you're there but like i'm like i want to definitely do something where i'm able to like write legislation change things that, that should be changed and propose budgets and re legislation and agendas that matter like i really think it's important that we have a reparations fund at least being talked about like there needs to be people on salary on the, in the public sector doing that or like that we really need to do that like it's really bad you know like, like it's been such a long time since that promise got broken and like yeah like there's a lot of arguments like how do you put a number on that like i, I don't know those answers that's the point of getting people to write this a whole committee and all of that you know what i mean like that's why you bounce the idea around as long as it takes but like you know there's a lot of things that i want to get done where ideally like it wouldn't take very long to see like a really important change like in the country i don't think i have to necessarily do that through a publicly elected position but it would be most effective for me to do that so like i'm kind of starting to go back to school i'm going to law school soon and like just so i can like write legislation and not be a hypocrite like most of house and senate where they're like they don't have no law degree and like you know they're really like out here writing legislation passing legislation and they don't know how to understand legislation that's not good you know <laughs> i mean it's probably because they understand they got somebody above yeah. them that understands it all too well yeah. no that's probably, the entire issue you know, but like but... nobody needs to be held hostage by like machines like that and if they are that's crazy it's like i mean local government like senate like congress like there's really not a lot they can do to like force you to vote down their line and i don't understand why so many people are like afraid of losing super PAC support it's like do you really think like someone challenging you with the war chest that they're threatening to pull from you and give to your opponent is going to be you like if that's the case you did it like you were on congress you changed shit. if you couldn't win that election without super PACs and like you didn't have that like wide range level of support that's okay you're still an ex-member of congress like you'll be able to change things still you'll be able to have an appointed position whatever you know what i mean it's like and people don't think about that and it's just like i don't know i think more people should i think like i think you should run for office i think a lot of people i know should run for office because like uh, like let's be real the house of representatives and senate dude that shit looks like bingo night like these people are walking around like you know what i mean like they're senile <laughs> like they're like you know they're they're bumping into shit bad they look confused like it's it's bad dude like when, when you see any of these people talk and it's just like 
oh my god like like you like your media train like you know what i mean like you your media train and like that you said that and that's but what blows my mind it's like but you still yeah. said that you know what i mean like that's how bad it's getting like are your kids calling nurse nursing homes <laughs> like the, and people are still casting ballots with your name yeah yeah we literally got yeah. Biden mistaking Dude. his Biden mistaking his fucking oh wife for God, his sister. Yeah, <laughs> these dude, old like, folks we, gotta we go. Can't have any, and that's another thing, dude. Like Democrats, like they, like I'm, like I said, I don't hate the Democrats. Like it, it, some people think that. By the way, I say the Democrats, and I'm not saying just the Republicans. Like I'm nonpartisan, registered as nonpartisan, very serious about that. So it's like I, I like to, you know, just point out when it's like one party that I tend to vote for more, which would be the Democrats. Like it's failing people, and it's like. Dude, like how 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 is a party, but more importantly, how is someone like Joe Biden like feeling entitled to a vote of an entire population of people based on a skin color? Like that's crazy, dude. No politician's entitled to a single vote, let alone every fucking vote. Like you know, me like if the Democrats really feel that entitled to the black vote, they really need to address black problems, and they failed to do that for the last like I don't know how long, dude. And like, it's just, it's really disturbing to me to see that go on and get endorsed. And like, cause you kind of watch it happen whenever there's a primary election, you know, you see people really get ramped up about criminal justice reform and you see like people get ramped up about racism. And like the more people drop out of the race and like the more narrow the field gets, like the more people start to just shut the fuck up and start to behave and like randomly join each other's teams. This happens every time now. And I'm kind of like, weirded out seeing it because it's like holy shit like who what part of the dnc and i know what part it's like the council on foreign relations and feinstein's squad like but like that's who's really out there like pushing this weird agenda where like no matter what like there are elite oligarch members of the democratic national committee that will never literally over their dead body will they let anything good happen to anybody that isn't part of their moderate like middle class of white people that doesn't even fucking exist in today's america you know like like let alone like fixed racism and that's scary to me dude like because they're supposed to be the just yeah that's really what it comes down to and it's, it's terrifying man but i appreciate your fight man and i appreciate everything you're doing so you know, yeah, let's, let's keep it moving for sure. Know that yeah, of course, dude. I definitely appreciate everything you do. Like, we should definitely, you know, collab on something because you do graphics, so we could do something cool together and whatnot. But, like, I'll definitely take you up on that vegan challenge, 100%. too. And, like, hopefully we'll be able to talk again. Like, Yeah. You got to think You got to think of your challenge for me, though. And we're going to get really that do. really <laughs> soon. But uh, right, I'm going to let, let you go. But uh, let's talk soon. And I appreciate you. Appreciate the time. Appreciate you always <laughs> speaking dude. the truth too. I feel like people are always, always ready for it. But I but like, it. thank you for appreciating it. You know, like it's That's... it's important though. You know, it's <laughs> like I I feel like if I keep doing it, maybe more people will. Like I notice that some people do. You know, you do. So it's like I'm just like I'm happy to be a part of all of that. Like because I used to be like just stranded, dude, like alone, like the only motherfucker telling the truth. Like you know, just getting like just getting like mean mugged by like you know society as a whole like without them really mean mugging me so it's like it's 
it's nice to have these open-minded, like, like really just 100% authentic conversations. Because I'm happy you pointed that out. Like, before we bounce, I'm happy 100%. you pointed it out that, like, I speak on facts. Like, I don't speak from a partisan place ever. You know what I mean? Like, I just point out genuine realities and statistics. And, like, there's nothing political about that in a way. And that's something I'm happy you noticed because, like, a lot of people don't, you know? So, like, like yeah. Facts. Yeah, and I appreciate you uh, being open to every conversation too, and not backing away from everything. So, we'll we'll keep it. We'll keep All the right, conversation man. going Pleasure. soon, brother. And I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. You too. Take care. Stay Have safe. Good night. Peace. Peace. Thanks for listening to Conversations with Creativity on Love Extremist Radio. Find Phil America on Instagram at Phil, P-H-I-L, America. And if you dig this podcast, please write an honest review on iTunes and share it with your community. Every share goes a long way in supporting this project. I want to give a special thanks to Aaron Kanata for producing our theme music. And if you're curious to learn what being a love extremist is all about, check it out at www.extremist.love. Have a great day. This is Conversations with Creativity.